0: Welcome to episode 21 of the Forward From 50 podcast, where we interview people over 50 who are pursuing new direction for their lives. It's an opportunity for men and women to tell their stories, their way, in their own words. I'm Greg Gerber, the founder of Forward From 50, and your host for today's show. Today's interview is one of my all-time favorites because it impacted me as much as I hope it impacts you. Phyllis Jenkins was diagnosed with a potentially life-threatening pulmonary embolism in 2008 when she was 52 years old. With blood clots in both her lungs, the experience was a wake-up call for the Plano, Texas woman. She remembers a doctor coming into her room to explain she was lucky to be alive because the patient in the next room was not going to make it. Phyllis left the hospital five days later thanking God for saving her but asking him this question, you took the other woman? but left me here. What more do you have for me to do during my time on earth? For two years, Phyllis searched for signs as to what her God assignment, as she likes to call it, may look like. Then she realized she had been looking for her purpose in the wrong place. She had always looked outward for that purpose when, in fact, it was there inside her all along. Phyllis had been an encourager all her life to people around her. She also loved to write as much as she loved to read, especially stories about people who had overcome obstacles. Phyllis launched the powerful journey organization to help people, primarily women, turn their life challenges into life-changing messages of hope, inspiration, and encouragement. After coming through their ordeal, now they could thrive by helping people through similar situations. When others hear about those struggles, they realize they are not alone and that there is someone who understands what they're experiencing and that can help them navigate through the turbulence. To tell us about her own life-changing ordeal and the way she is impacting hundreds of other women every year, please welcome Phyllis Jenkins, the founder of the Powerful Journey organization, to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Phyllis. I appreciate the time. So tell us a little bit about what the Powerful Journey organization is all about and how it came into being.
1: Powerful Journey Organization is my God assignment, and I received this assignment after a wake-up call. Back in 2008, I was diagnosed with a pulmonary embolism, which were blood clots in both of my lungs. And the pulmonary specialist entered my hospital room, and he said, Mrs. Jenkins, you are lucky to be alive. I knew that I was blessed to be alive. But he went on to say that his patient in the other room was not going to make it. And so I left that hospital after a five-day stay, thanking God for healing my body, but asking the question, you took her, but you left me here. What more is there that you have for me to do? And so I started on that search for my God assignment, my purpose. And two years later, (laughs) two years later, I discovered that it was inside of me all the time. I was looking outward and it was actually inward is where I should have been looking. And so when I thought about from a child, I've always been an encourager from a child. I've always journaled. I've always loved to write and read. And so it just led me to the powerful journey where I am helping women and a few men turn their life challenges into life-changing messages of hope, inspiration, encouragement that go forth and help others to not only survive, but help them to thrive as well.
0: I absolutely love that because people who are going through these very difficult trials often think they're alone. So when they hear of anybody who has been there, done that, or going through it, it gives them the hope and the strength that they need to endure themselves. So very cool to share these stories.
1: Absolutely.
0: Was it frustrating for you to ask God what your assignment was and wait two years?
1: It wasn't frustrating because I was doing things, good things, but they were not my God assignment. And so it, when it became evident that this was my God assignment, then I just moved right into it, and, and it just felt good.
0: How did you know <laughs> it was a God assignment?
1: Because I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous, yet I was joyful at the same time. And I just continued to seek God's guidance. And the first Powerful Journey Women's Conference, he had me to go back to my hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana, and have the first one. And I I was like, God, I have not lived there since I graduated from high school. I don't know if anybody will come. And so I, I, I was obedient. I did it. We had 70 in attendance. And that was the beginning of my Powerful Journey Women's Conferences. And what I did while there, I always reach into the community to give back. I partnered with a homeless shelter there and had the attendees to bring items that the homeless shelter needed. But not only that, they brought a van of women to the conference itself. And that just truly blessed my heart.
0: The homeless shelter brought the van of women? They did. Wow. I bet that was inspiring for them too, because you get to that situation and you think you're just trapped and there's no way out. And so having that support and the encouragement and the realization that if you've got breath in your lungs, God's not done with you yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Super. So what kinds of things did you do before you started your God assignment?
1: Before I started my God assignment, I was a librarian at a school. So I was helping younger students to, to read, to love to read. And once I retired from that, I just started helping the older students, adults, young adults into Adulthood.
0: So, you've always been interested in stories. I have. Okay. Are there any particular authors that you really like?
1: No, not any in particular. Okay. I've been blessed to help now 49 new authors to publish their own books. And it has just been the best feeling to see them put their stories in writing we just had our 2023 powerful journey women's conference this past saturday and there were 12 new authors that were featured it was their weekend to shine and they did and it just blessed my heart to to see them taking their stories to the stage but also having their book signings
0: do you help authors publish their stories then is that what you? yes yes
1: we go from beginning to publishing the book. I, we do everything.
0: Do you think everybody has a story? in the- Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: one of the things that I share when I stand on stage is that everyone has a story. That story is not for us. That story is for us to go out and tell others so that it can let someone else know they're not the only ones that are going through whatever that situation is. Our lessons learned from our stories go out to become a lifeline for someone else who needs it. I also share that they should not take their stories to the grave. And I had one young man that published his book that came to me a year ago. And he said, Phyllis, I attended the conference a couple of years ago with my wife. And he said, I heard you say, Don't take your story to the grave. And he said, that's why I'm here to join the Authors Academy, because I don't want to take my story to the grave.
0: That's a very good point, because we are losing so many seasoned citizens who have tremendous life experiences and a vast knowledge of various topics and things that they have endured and gone through, And then when they their voices go silent, their story is lost to history. Absolutely. So I'm glad to hear that you're encouraging other people to do that. Then what did? How old were you when you started the powerful journey?
1: I was. I had just turned fifty when I had the pulmonary embolism. Okay. So fifty two was the age that I began. Okay. The Powerful Journey organization. So
0: it's perfect for Forward from 50.
1: It is. Yeah. It is.
0: So you were a librarian at a school prior to that, Mm -hmm. and then you had a near fatal accident or illness, Mm -hmm. and that awoke you, you up to the idea that there's more for you to do. And in consulting with God and praying and talking with other believers, I'm sure you came up with this idea of helping others to share their stories. Do
1: you know what? I didn't talk to others. Oh, I did? I talked to God because I'm a firm believer that if we share our dreams with the wrong people, they can talk us out of it. Very they good. don't see, they don't hear what God tells us. And so I'm very careful. I shared it with my husband, but I'm very careful who I share my dreams, my goals with, because Again, they don't see what God has given me. And so I say be very careful who you share with.
0: That's a very good point because there can be some dream stealers among Mm -hmm. the people that we're closest to. And they don't mean to be. No.
1: They really don't mean to be. They mean well. But again, they don't know what God has spoken to you.
0: How did your husband react then when you came up with this idea and shared it with him?
1: My husband has been the best supporter. Dave and I just celebrated 45 years of marriage. He was my college sweetheart. And anything that, that God has given me to do, Dave has been right there with me to support me. And I'm so very appreciative of
0: him. There was no objection then from him. He was like, you heard it from God, and he's tied into God himself. And he said, then I believe it. Absolutely. Let, let's support you. It doesn't make sense. It's what you're doing is a good thing. What Did it require any additional training for you?
1: The only other training that I've done is to surround myself with others who are in a mastermind, or others who have done, I'm, I now do a podcast, I now have the Authors Academy, so I did do uh, dig a little deeper, and uh, took a few classes, and then the rest has been training on demand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did it require a financial investment on your part?
1: Of course it, it did, and I believe wholeheartedly. In investing in myself, I can't ask others to join my author's academy or my writer's journey group or even the anthology where they are all investing themselves in themselves when they join those. I can't ask them to invest if I don't invest in myself.
0: I've heard another pastor say that God always funds his assignments so that if you are stepping out on faith to do what he has told you to do, that the money will follow to get, help you get the job done. Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely, he does provide. And let me just share with you, I, again, believe in giving back to the community. And so I have two scholarships that I give. One is the Madian Chumley Scholarship, which is for a single mom of a special needs child. The second is the Mildred Otterbird Pew Scholarship, and it is for a graduating senior. At one of my Powerful Journey Women conferences, I had a lady in the audience who I'd never met before who came up to me after the conference was over, and she said, I'd love to donate to the scholarship fund. And she said, can we meet for lunch? So we set up a time to meet for lunch. I want you to know that God used this woman and her husband to bless us with a $10,000 check for the scholarship for a single mom of a special needs child. She said that she wanted to support the work that we were doing. That's nothing but God.
0: That's great seed money. That's absolutely. And that's how things are multiplied, right? Yes. And God doesn't practice addition. He practices multiplication.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: How do you find the people to share their stories?
1: Actually, they find me because what has happened is like we just had our conference this past weekend. We had 212 in attendance. And during the conference, I let them know that we're getting ready to open up for our next set of classes. So I have a list of people that came over from the conference that are now ready to tell their stories because they came to support a family member or a friend, yet while they were sitting in those seats, God spoke to them and they came over and signed up. So I have a list already that I will be reaching out to and we will start next this month, this is May, we will start this month with our next set of classes.
0: How many conferences do you do every year?
1: Right now we do one a year. Prior to COVID, We were doing two a year because I was taking it on the road. But I just received a text this morning from a young lady who wants to bring it to her hometown of San Antonio, Texas, and one yesterday that reached out who is in Florida who wants to bring it there. So we are looking forward to taking it again on the road. I've been blessed to have taken it to Portland, Oregon. And in 2012, I stood on stage at a church in Paris, France, and shared the Powerful Journey organization, and it was amazing.
0: How did you get that gig?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was invited to to go on a girl's trip to Paris, France, a 10-day trip. And I said, okay, if I'm going to be there for 10 days, I'm going to church. And if I'm going to go to church, why not reach the women there with the Powerful Journey organization? And so we actually, the person that sponsored the trip reached out to the pastor and he said, yes, we would love it. But what happened when we were there, we went to church the Sunday before I was to speak and the pastor stood and he said, Instead of you just speaking to the women, I would like for you to speak to the church. So I had to go back to my apartment because we rented an apartment. And I had to go to God and say, okay, what I had prepared was for women only. So now what is it that you want me to share? And I will tell you the message that God gave me was how to stretch into your God-given purpose. I went to a local store, got rubber bands, and we passed them out to everybody in the congregation. And I stood on the platform and I don't speak French. So I had an interpreter who have now become a good friend of mine. And when I finished, the pastor stood and he said, isn't God good? He said, God sent a woman from the United States to share with you what I shared with you a couple of weeks ago. There was no way that I knew that, Greg.
0: Really? So it was a God God movement, right? Nothing but God. God was moving in the life of the pastor by confirming the message that he was sharing with his congregation, and you came along with the exact same message. That's really cool. That's neat. So how many people have you interviewed, or how many published authors have you helped? Do you have any idea?
1: We have as of this past weekend forty-nine. Forty-nine. And I do have another group that are in my writers' journey that will be publishing their books for the next April conference. So we are we're on 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 a journey. It's a powerful journey. And just super excited about it.
0: So do you help people not only publish their book to write. I'm assuming you're helping them write it. Correct. And then you're helping them to design it and get it all published and it's (laughs) self-published kind of thing. Yes. Okay. Very good. And then do you help them develop a platform in which they can take their message to the public?
1: We do. We help them to build a brand around their book, around their message. And I have have been blessed to see some of my clients go on to to do workshops, to even have one that is turning her book into a movie. And so it's just, it's been just a blessing to watch God help them to flourish.
0: That is neat. Turning it into a movie. Now that would be a, every writer's dream really is to have their book turned into a movie.
1: It is, and her story is amazing.
0: Do you accept anybody, or is there an application process that people have to go through?
1: There is an application process. The only people, Greg, that I turn away are those who are still in the middle of their story. If you haven't become victorious yet, you can't help someone else. If you're still hurting and struggling in that situation, I have asked them to wait until they're on the other side of it, until God has brought them through it. And then I have a blueprint that they complete. It's, it shares the stories, the lessons that they learned. Then they have to be able to tell what lessons they can teach someone else from what they've learned. We don't stand on stage just to share our stories. We stand on, on stage to make that person in the seat a better person than than they were when they came.
0: So this goes way beyond just publishing a book. Oh. You're creating an entire course around the message of the book, is that what you're saying?
1: They do create some courses. I had one speaker this past weekend who did an empowerment session from her book and she created a workbook to go along with it. But what I'm saying is, when they stand to share their stories, it's just not, the story isn't just about them at that point. The story is to go into the audience and to help someone. Let me share a story with you. Okay, Fran stood on stage and she shared her story about becoming a widow at an early age in her marriage with three small children. And she shared the difficulties that she went through with that. But then she shared how God brought her through. During the lunch period, a woman from the audience found Fran and she said to her, Fran, if you didn't come today to share your story with anyone else, you came to share it for me. She said, I lost my husband two years ago and I'm still struggling. She said, my family, my friends, and even the church members are telling me it's time to move on. And she shared with Fran, she said, I've contemplated suicide. So I want you to know the two of them got together outside of the conference. Fran became a support group for her. And now this young lady is flourishing.
0: That is so cool. Another God movement.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, So you have an organization of God movements is basically what's going on.
1: I do indeed. And I receive testimonial after testimonial. And that's why I know that I am doing what God has called me to do.
0: How did you come to faith?
1: Oh, my goodness. I love this story. (laughs) My dad was a Baptist pastor. Daddy pastored for 32 years until his health failed. And as a young girl, I remember in revival. The When they said, who wants to come forth? My friends around me were going forth. So my sister and I both got up and we went down front too. And so my daddy followed us and he asked, why, why did you come? And we couldn't tell him. He said, go back and sit down. <laughs> so we went back. That was like on a Wednesday. By Friday, we knew. We knew. What salvation meant. And we were able to go. I just have one sister. We were able to go forth and say why we wanted to be saved. My daddy was, he was an amazing man in that every Saturday night we had to read our Sunday school lessons. And Greg, we couldn't go watch TV or anything until we had read the Sunday school lesson. And then. One at a time, we had to go sit with Daddy and tell him what that story, what that lesson was about and what we learned from the lesson.
0: Basically, you had to teach Daddy the lesson that he was trying to teach you.
1: Absolutely.
0: What that would really drive it home, I would imagine.
1: It did indeed.
0: Did you ever take any tests to identify like your personality traits or natural abilities?
1: (laughs) I'm a DI. (laughs) Oh, is that
0: right? So that's for people... To explain that, the people have taken the DISC analysis. And D is?
1: The dominant. 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 And then the I is the influencer.
0: Okay. (laughs) So a dominant influencer. And that's what you did. Okay. Were you surprised by those results? Not really. Not really. I think most people, (laughs) when they take the test, they say it's a confirmation of what they've already known. Correct,
1: And it should be. It should be.
0: And so it's almost like a permission then mm-hmm. from that point. Okay, this confirms what I've known in my heart I need to be doing. And now I have permission and the mm-hmm. backing, but just the confirmation so I can go ahead and go do it.
1: Absolutely.
0: Did you face any challenges in starting this organization?
1: The only challenges that I faced were being focused, staying focused and being consistent only because when i started the powerful journey organization i was still working as a school librarian and so what that meant for me is there were many nights that i was up until 2 a.m. in the morning working on the powerful journey organization but i knew that that was my god assignment and so that those were the challenges that i had but i stuck with it and once i left my librarian position, it was like I moved my powerful journey onto the, from the service road onto the freeway.
0: Did you publish a book of your own?
1: I did. I'm a seven-time t- seven seven author.
0: Seven-time author. Correct. Can you talk about some of them?
1: Uh, absolutely, I can. One of my very first books that I published was a Share Jesus Journal. I believe that we should share our faith. And so I interviewed other people on how they shared their faith, and I included them in the, in, in the journal and then gave, um, gave spaces for the reader to also begin to journal their experiences. Another book that I've written is Just Finish It. I was one of the biggest procrastinators ever. And God had to work with me on that. So I created a book that teaches you how to start, follow through, because follow through is the bridge that connects us to the finish. And just finish it is another book. And then what I haven't shared is that in 20, 19, I was diagnosed with a brain aneurysm. I battled dizziness for 81 days, but I knew that there was more to all of that. So I wrote a book titled Brain Aneurysm, What Did You Come to Teach Me? Ah, uh-huh,
0: that's neat.
1: And in that book, I journaled the entire time I was battling this. Wow. And so I kept looking for the lessons that I needed to be taught. And then after I learned those lessons, I can teach them to someone else that's battling something else, not necessarily a brain aneurysm, but going through another difficult time.
0: Heart attack.
1: Absolutely. A stroke.
0: Whatever the case might whatever. be.
1: Whatever. Yes.
0: Something that's scary, mm-hmm. that's uncertain. That makes you think that it might be ending at any moment, and really causes you to reevaluate your life and what you're doing. Yes. Very yes. cool. Yes. So, how many books did you have? Seven.
1: Seven books. Seven books. Yes.
0: yes. That's pretty incredible. All of them are self-published.
1: They're all self-published.
0: All available on Amazon. Well,
1: no, the first one, my my first children's book, is not self-published. It is, and I wrote it with my then seven year old grandson. He was my co author. And the title of the book is The Librarian's Missing Boys. <laughs> so, how fun! It is a very fun book. And that was my children's book. Again, I had it co authored with my seven year old grandson who now is 18 years old.
0: <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. So, super. Is there a cost to people who want to come to you to have you help them share their story?
1: There is a cost, and it depends upon what group they decide to join. If they join the Authors Academy, it is a 10-month program where we meet monthly via Zoom, but we also have accountability sessions in between that. they will be the ones that will stand on stage the following year with their books, taking their stories to the stage. Then I have the writer's journey, which is a community where a membership community where we meet weekly. And every other week, we have the writer's sanctuary where we are actually writing. We, we go off screen, we write, and then we come back and we share what we've written. We have the hot seat questions that they come, can sit and ask. And so that membership is $47 a month.
0: That sounds like accountability built in to helping people really define and refine a message so that it gets rid of the clutter and just boils down to the important things that really need to be shared.
1: Absolutely. And we have all ages that are in there. And I have two young women who are just blowing our minds with their stories and how they are writing their stories and coming forth. And we're just there to put our arms around them and cheer them on and to help them to turn this into, from a manuscript into a book.
0: Are these teenagers?
1: They are young adults. Young
0: adults, Young adults, however,
1: I have had, I had my youngest a couple of years ago when she joined us, she was 16 years old. By the time the book printed, she was 17 years old. And she stood on our stage at the conference, and shared her story, and was able to do a book signing with her book.
0: That's wonderful. Do you know what she does now?
1: She's in college.
0: Really? Okay.
1: (laughs) This is her second or third year now in college.
0: What rewards have you received from starting this organization?
1: Oh, my goodness. The rewards that I receive are the testimonials that come forth. The testimonials that say... Those stories changed my life. Or the testimonial that I, I received many just this past weekend that said, Thank you for believing in me enough to help me write my book. That's enough for me. It's just to be and then with the scholarships. I've gone to two of the single mom's graduations and and to be able to sit there. And to see them walk across that stage knowing that that we were able to assist them in doing that, blesses my heart.
0: That's got to give you a really good feeling. It does indeed. To know how you've impacted that one life and how that one life is going to impact so many other people. Absolutely. Like we talked about before, it's multiplication. Yes. And that's what our story seems to do. Yes. Is there anything that you regret or if you would had an opportunity to do it over, would you go in a different direction?
1: I wouldn't go in a different direction. I would have moved in this direction faster. I wish that I had known more about the entrepreneurial life before, before even I went to college. My parents and my grandparents were not entrepreneurs. And so we just knew to get an education and go And do the nine to five or the eight to five. So the only regret that I have is that I didn't know about being an entrepreneur or that I could be an entrepreneur sooner in life.
0: That's a very valid point because the schools seem to be pushing us yet, even in 2023, toward getting a job and going to work for other people. And we all know how risky that is. And Absolutely. so being an entrepreneur, that, that should be standard teaching in school. And it was for a while, many years ago. People could graduate from school and start businesses of their own, and they knew what to do. How did you get your entrepreneurial training then?
1: I went to, and again, it goes back to your question about how did I invest myself. I remember going to a business boot camp, and it was in Atlanta, Georgia by Marshawn Evans, she's Daniels now, Marshawn Evans Daniels. It was a three-day boot camp. It was at that boot camp that God stirred up within me the entrepreneur spirit and that I too could go and become an entrepreneur. And that's when I went back to the hotel Looked through my notes, and that's when I wrote down Powerful Journey. And the way I came up with Powerful Journey is I wanted something with my initials, Phyllis Jenkins. So I put P and J, and I went through many things. And finally, Powerful Journey stuck.
0: That's a wonderful story. <laughs> I really like that. Uh, so you went to this boot camp which I would think would be really encouraging because you're seeing people who have done it already. And that would empower you to realize that I can do it too, despite not having an entrepreneurial background or even anybody in my life who is an entrepreneur that I could lean on. You learned the basics and yet you had a support group of folks who attended the conference that you could stay in touch with and help you develop that. I would assume it that Conference, correct me if I'm wrong, they helped you develop a business plan?
1: Oh, I came back with a playbook. That was huge, a huge playbook. And my husband attended with me. So we were able to uh, support each other and talk about it all. And so, yes. But then I went back another year for another conference that Marshawn had put on. Again, I believe in investing in myself. And for that first conference, I had to go into my savings account and pull out funds to pay for the boot camp, the tickets to fly there, the hotel. But I knew it was worth it.
0: You had skin in the game. And Absolutely. because of that, it took on an additional value. This is, you're trading something valuable when you're taking it out of your savings account and that's your security blanket, and you're giving part of that away in order to do something else. And that just, I think, internally, it just motivates us even more. What I was really impressed about, Phyllis, is that you took your husband, and the two of you together were on the same page, getting the same information from the same speaker, maybe hearing things from different perspectives, but then able to talk about it, and come together and move forward together on pursuing this. I've heard a lot of dreamers have ideas to start a business and then they share it with their spouse. And it's one person. You have to share it with your spouse. You can't do it without it. But that might be a dream stealer in disguise. And so the fact that you did it together, I think is really encouraging.
1: Dave and I have for many years supported each other. We share, that's one of the things that we do on our anniversaries, we would check into the hotel and we had a point where I would share my dreams and goals and then he would share his dreams and goals. And then he would ask, how can I support you and vice versa? And so we would leave there with a plan knowing what each other's dreams were and how we could support each other.
0: I love that story. I wish more and more couples would be able to do that. I think their lives would be changed forever if they were able to come together in that kind of a fashion.
1: I agree. My husband is a relationship coach and so he does share that with other couples.
0: Do you ever see yourself retiring or how would you define retirement? No.
1: This I don't see myself retiring from this at all. This is my God assignment. It's my purpose, it's my passion. And I have built a team that knows that even if, when God, not if, but when God calls me home, that they are to continue with this ministry, that they, they, I've already had to talk with them, so they know how to continue with what I do.
0: And they share the vision, or they They see the vision and share the path.
1: do. Not only that, my assistant, Lori, has gone through my program, so she knows Exactly how to teach it, what to do. Yes.
0: Would you have any advice for people who are contemplating what to do with their life after turning 50?
1: Live it and have the mindset that your latter days will be your better days. Don't just think that you're done. Seek and ask God, dream new dreams. Ask God for new goals and new visions and just go after those. Don't let anything or anyone stop you. Let no one say that you're too old to do anything.
0: That's right. And that's another important aspect. It's almost biblical. It's Mm -hmm. God gives us this natural talent at birth. And then throughout our entire life, we are adding additional skills to what we can provide. And then we have unique life experiences that are ours alone that might be shared with others but might not be. But yet our God assignment will tie in that natural skill, talent, ability, and life experiences in a way that you could never fathom not doing it.
1: Exactly. And I'm a firm believer that if I'm still here, if I still have breath in me, that God's not done with me and that I am to continue to do what he's called and created me to do.
0: That's great. Do you have any last minute advice for people?
1: Again, don't let 50 define you. You define it and move forward. When I got, when I turned 60, my theme for my life was soaring in my 60s. And when I get into my 70s, I'll have another theme, but It will always be to move forward.
0: This has been truly inspirational, Phyllis. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us.
1: Oh, it's an honor to have been here with you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I really valued my conversation with Phyllis Jenkins, who founded the Powerful Journey organization following a life-threatening illness that changed her whole outlook on life. When Phyllis described receiving a God assignment... With a specific message that took into account her natural skills, learned talents, and various life experiences, I was convicted too. Let's face it, I'd been dabbling with Forward From 50 since I started this platform in 2021. Here we are, coming up on our second anniversary in a few months, and there's still a lot of work left to do to help people identify and pursue purpose for their lives after turning 50. Phyllis helped me realize that God had given me an assignment too, and that I really needed to treat it as such rather than as a part-time hobby. As soon as Phyllis discovered that new purpose for her life, she moved right into it. Although she had been engaged in a lot of good and productive activities, they did not pertain to her assignment. So she pushed them aside to spend time focusing on her new mission. That was a valuable teaching moment for me as well. For two years, Phyllis kept asking God for more details on the assignment. As soon as she would complete one step, she'd be given another. That could have been to protect her from being overwhelmed by the enormity of her mission or seeing her ultimate destination and allowing fear to derail her. Once we are given a God assignment, it is essential that we step out of our comfort zone to embrace it. Knowing what to do but not acting on it does not bring any joy, only regret. It gets worse when you realize what you've been assigned to do can help so many other people. It's selfish to sit back and watch the world unfold when you've been invited to be an active participant in the game of life. Once Phyllis understood what her assignment was, she did not seek confirmation from anyone else. She had heard from God, and that was all the permission she needed to move forward. Today, Phyllis has put on several powerful journey conferences for women. They've empowered hundreds of women to share their stories of struggle and overcoming with other people who are enduring those same circumstances. Phyllis tells her clients they should not take their stories to the grave, rather they should take their stories to the stage and to be a source of light and encouragement themselves. Yet she really couldn't teach others to share their stories without writing a book of her own. In fact, Bill has published seven books, all of which are available on Amazon.com. She also launched the Powerful Journey Authors Academy, which is a 10-month program to guide aspiring writers through the steps to publish and market a successful book. Phyllis hosts an online community designed exclusively for women to give them resources and encouragement, as well as to surround them with like-minded people on a similar journey. Her 12-week action plan guides participants to set achievable and measurable personal goals, as well as to develop the habits and skills needed to achieve them. During our interview, Phyllis said, I strongly encourage people over 50 to adopt a mindset that their latter days will be their better days don't just think that you're done when you reach a certain age don't be afraid to dream new dreams or to ask god to reveal new visions and goals for your life i wholeheartedly agree in her weekly power lift stories podcast phyllis interviews courageous women who have turned pain into passion tragedies into triumphs and scars into stars their stories leave listeners lifted up fired up and fueled up with hope courage and inspiration to connect with phyllis visit her blog at www.phyllisjenkins.com or email her at phyllis at phyllisjenkins.com. That's all I have for this week's show. Next week, I'll have another interview to help you move forward from 50. Thanks for listening.